Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a forgotten classic, or even a problematic fave, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I am the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is one of the girliest girls to ever do it. One of the few real people in this fucking town we call Hollywood. She is a drag queen and performer. It's for the boys. Hi, baby. How are you? I'm so good. It was so hard for me not to interject in your intro. So Okay, what was, what was the most interjectable part? Because <laughs> I feel like this was one of my more deranged intros. Well, now I forget because my attention span is this big. <laughs> See, that's where we are too. Like, th- it is like Chip and Dale, like Chipmunk <laughs> Rescue Rangers here. Like, we are just. It's like some Twitter delusion cartoon of Chip and Dale where we both have like huge titties. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like some like thick ass chipmunk. Um, or, you know, those like distort bots or whatever that like make them talk like, um, like glitchy. You know what I'm talking about? No, but speaking of glitchy. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm in a true place of mania today. Like, it is so fucking hot over here. This is the first podcast I've done almost fully nude. And I'm I am so just, yeah. yeah. It's hot. I'm wearing the um the shorts I bought at Legalese Garage Sale. For the listeners, we went to Legalese Garage Sale a few weeks ago. And for the listeners, if anyone's looking for a Laquan Smith bodysuit, I purchased it off of her back. And personally, Venmoed her, and it doesn't fit me. Surprise! I'm six four, and she's what five seven. If anyone wants to buy, yeah, five five seven in like, I I don't know why she bought it in the first place because we when we saw her, she was in like head to toe like vampire attire basically, and you it was like her notes for Atu, and I want that on record. <laughs> you know what? Maybe maybe I said that. I don't. I don't necessarily stand by those she words. Out right after. <laughs> I know, like she smited me, literally smited me. Um, that was, I don't know how she did that though. Cause that was like the first really hot day of the summer. And she was just like in a full black cloak. Whoa. Like, yeah. yeah, I, but these shorts that I'm wearing are like up to my asshole. So breezy right now. It's feeling pretty good. I should turn off the AC for air quality. Um, yeah, I'm about to take off all my clothes. <laughs> it, well, don't take off that Von Dutch hat. I mean, that is, you came with a look today to the podcast and many do not. Oh, thank you. I'm here. I'm just here in my house, you know. <laughs> Stunting in your own house. That's the. the you pa- can't stunt in your own house. Where are you going to stunt? <laughs> I guess nowhere. I mean, that's very like, it's very well, Paris of you. It's year. very Nicole of you. Thank you. The girls, like you got to emulate the girls, like whenever you can. Listen, I I do it every chance I get, and if it's in my own house, so be it. <laughs> Everywhere could be a catwalk. I think Tyra <laughs> Banks once said that. I think it was Tyra Sanchez actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how do you feel about um? I guess this is a good segue because I wanted to talk to you. I don't know if you've heard that the upcoming season of All Star 7 that they are going to film this summer is an all-winner season. Girl, cut. Cut it. Cut. Cut it. Cut the camera's dead ass. We're not... 
I know this is a podcast, but can you see the exhaustion in my face? I think the, you're like, it's synesthesia. Like the listeners can see and hear how tired you are right now. I want them to taste blue right now. <laughs> no, Blue is the color of tired. Really? I don't know. I, my, my first thought is none of the real winners are going to do it. And yes, Speak on that. Speak on that. <laughs> you can win and, you know, you won. You won the show. But, like, oh, that was about to be rude. I'll just save that one. I just, I don't think the people who I personally want to see eat that are, are going to be in attendance. I no, think they're not. They're not showing up day. to the table. Yeah, yeah. They saw the menu and they were like, we're they gonna go somewhere else the fixed menu and the fixed prices and you know the alcohol just wasn't worth it not worth it they're at not all. attending brunch well i think this is a good segue into our first segment actually Yay. so we are gonna play go call the governor so i am going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and ancient history Oh my god. And you are going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. And by ancient history, I do mean like three weeks ago. So there are no wrong answers here, but your choice is binary. Does the governor need to be called or not? Okay. So are you ready to play? No text, no FaceTime, just a a call or not. It's whatever you think. Go. We've we've had people call like FEMA on on people on this. So like it can be truly whatever. But all right, let's start off with an easy one here. Bella Hadid saying, if homeboy comes through with these, it's quiet. Does the governor need to be called? Oh my God. I that's one that I think about every day. Mm-hmm. Um no, she's right. <laughs> okay. So, so how (laughs) how is she right here no like i'm not disagreeing with you necessarily but like we never see her personality ever and that's the only (laughs) thing i ever think about when i think of bella hadid and i think that's that's correct like what else are you supposed to think about well i mean we i cannot speak on chronic lyme disease on this podcast because i'm (laughs) gonna get in trouble with the entire hadid family but um i I do think it's really weird that the one time she's like sort of popped her like little prairie dog head out of her hole is to say that <laughs> like I cannot think of True. one it, other it thing very much like a, a performative scenario definitely performative I don't know what she was trying to perform though like she's from Malibu high school do they talk like that out here you're a SoCal yeah resident. no yeah yeah white kids do talk like that out here so it really adds up it's just it's it's puzzling to me like are you are you a big hadid stan in general not at all not at all not at all i do appreciate bella more so for her um heroic work in the modeling field her emphasis on work (laughs) um i think she's good at i think she's good at her job oh yeah for sure no i mean she she is like objectively i think a very excellent model i like Gigi too i'm fine with Gigi more as like a celebrity and like you know being in hollywood more yeah. so than like her modeling i don't really care for her there no i mean she, 
I don't Bella know. Bella definitely yeah. has the look. Well, I've seen every cycle of America's Next Top Model multiple times, so I know what it takes to be a model. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think she has it. Me, t- me So you're saying on this podcast, <laughs> you're saying right now that Gigi Hadid, if she went on, let's say, like cycle 10 of America's Next Top Model, she would not win. No. Wow. I can kind of see that. I mean, you know, those, that show is very much about, like, who can suck up to Tyra the most, like, who can, like, embody, like, the bankable production fierceness that is so yeah. desperately required by the modeling industry. <laughs> if they did that show today, the grand prize would be, like, you get to scoop ice cream at Tyra's ice cream shop. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll come pick you up. Let's go. We just need to. <laughs> Please, I'm, like, dying to try it. Yeah, um, I, really, I could really go for some Smize cream right about now. <laughs> An $8 half pint of Smize cream that is uh, two-thirds, like, a chunky cookie core. <laughs> like, not even the cream. Like, she's not using some artisanal berry. She is, like, going to Vons, getting some skin. Gee, why are you acting like Tyra's doing anything? <laughs> you don't think that Tyra is making that ice cream herself? I believe it. No, I believe it. drawing the pictures for the cartons, though. Okay, I do believe that for sure. I mean, branding is everything in modeling. Branding is everything. And speaking of branding, let's move on to the second scenario. Okay. The La La Re experience. Does the governor need to be called? Oh, absolutely. Repeatedly. (laughs) So what about the La La Re experience is so objectionable to you and your homegirls? I don't think it's it's an objection. It's like... um, I just need, I need to make sure he knows. Some assistance is required. Like, it's a head-to-toe experience. Pack your bags. Yes, the 99-cent party bags is the bags that should be Oh, packed. no, that, that's a full-blown super fun site. Like, that is a disaster area. I I think he needs to know. Or she. Or they. I wish yeah. we could say, governor. They- <laughs> very bold of you to assume that like america is ready for a non-binary governor like, I we that. can't I, even pay I, our I, damn taxes <laughs> i just wish you know i'm looking forward no hopefully in 20 years we do have that kind of representation but i i you know you know me i do love the la la re experience conceptually i do find that it's an inconsistent experience like a like a roller coaster that sometimes gets like a little stuck halfway up the hill. Like it's yeah, I think it's a space mountain, you know? Mm-hmm. You might wait a really long time in between rides and it might not be a good run. No. And you might hit your head. <laughs> oh but, no. <laughs> That's but bad. It would be a really good time. And if it's not, I think you got like a a voucher to like skip the line mm-hmm. you get to go on another ride you get to go on yeah. the denali experience <laughs> that one's tougher for me <laughs> we um so i i recently received a cameo from lala re as part of a larger group experience i've not told you this story crazily enough um gag and it was not necessarily for me. It was absolutely actually for two other friends of mine. <laughs> it was not directed to me at all. Um, shout out to Pat and Kevin. They are getting married and Lala resent a beautiful cameo in to celebrate their nuptials. 
Oh. And she pretended to be a flower girl. She was like picking, she was wearing these like, you know, long acrylics and she was like picking up fake flowers out of her palm and going like, messy, gay, <laughs> celebration. And I keep thinking about that. I mean, it's it's perfect. Like when she commits to something, she will commit. When I call the governor on this one, I will say, messy, gay, celebration. It's perfect. I just, you know, I do, I do love her. Like the governor yeah, needs to at least do a wellness check, but she was one of uh one of my faves from this last round, honestly. Yeah. We had more of her because she really kind of was the narrator for a while. For sure. She definitely got cut too soon. Like there was definitely it would have been really hard to keep her in that look. It really was. Oh yeah. I mean, like hopefully for All Stars 10 or 20, she will have some good looks to show to show the judges again. I think she will. I just I, I feel it. All right. So we're gonna do the last scenario now. Ava Max doesn't know a single Elton John song. Does the I'm governor need to be called? <laughs> what? I'm addicted to this one. Yeah. <laughs> she can't name a single one. <laughs> They're all just so good. <laughs> Can you name an Elton John song? Yeah. All right. Let's let the yeah. audience. <laughs> I mean, Rocket Man is the name of a song too, right? That yes, that is an Elton John song. But I know more than that. There's um, there's uh, and you can tell everybody that's Elton John, right? That is Elton John. Your Do you song? know what that, that song's called? called? Your song. yeah, it's called Your Song. Yeah, I know a few. I know here or there, but also I didn't get up on a red carpet and be like, "Legend, I love him." Well, see, that's the thing about Ava Max. She's always gonna. She really puts her foot in her mouth a lot. Like, I think she is just, I mean, I think we are in an era of like really try hard pop stars in a lot of ways. Like Gaga, I mean, love her to death, like really set the mold for like really try hardy theater kids in this current day and age. And I think yeah, all the true. Albanian girls except Dua are like. And the only reason she doesn't try that hard is because she's pretty. Like, well, let's say that. I mean, she she is exceptionally pretty. They're all pretty. I think BB Rexa yeah. is a beautiful woman. I didn't mean to rob any of the other Albanian queens because I don't want any of their ancestors coming for me. No, definitely not. And they will but, come for you. That's a fraud region. But all I meant was Dua Lipa might have a leg up because she's literally a leg taller than all of them. She does have the natural confidence as so, of someone who is like six I, mean, I think she like started being a model, did she not? I believe that's the case. She's been around for a lot longer than I think we even think about it too. We were pretty early on the Dua train, like around like late 2015, early 2016. Like Yeah, we were hot um, on the trail. Well, I mean, that's stock that has paid off in dividends, like... Whereas me buying, you know, selling my whole farm. I wish you, okay, I wish you could, because we would be filthy rich. Why is oh, there absolutely. a way to like invest in these people? Because by now we could have, we could just be rolling in it from these girls' success. We're so good at clocking it. We are so good at clocking it, though. I will say I have also sunk money into people who definitely did not fully pay off. I feel like, like a sea greed or. Don't remind me. That was a tough one. That it. I like the new song just fine, but she, um, 
Yeah, I really thought she was going to hit way more than she actually did. Oh, wait, but you have not answered the question. Does Ava Max need the oh. governor called on her for, for her uh, lack of knowledge? Well, as, as my lack of knowledge has been displayed in this segment as well, am I qualified to call the governor on this one? I guess not. I mean, I, you know, I, yeah, you stand with Ava. I think standing with Ava is naturally just, uh, the governor can stay home. I definitely don't think that the governor needs to be called. I don't like Elton John. So (laughs) I mean, if I had like the, if I had the ability to not know any Elton John songs, I think I would be perfectly fine. And I do envy her. (laughs) You know what? Ignorance is bliss. And again, I really don't know very many, so I'm not the one, and I'm really tired of straight people being like, "Did you watch Rocket Man? Did you love it?" No, I didn't. No, I, d- I, d- I didn't see it. I didn't, I'm not I gonna didn't, see it. I didn't tune in. I'm not gonna. Look at us, two gay men rejecting our queer forefathers <laughs> in favor of like cis women just doing shit <laughs> once again. Yeah, she's got a funky haircut. <laughs> I love her funky haircut. Um, this, we're gonna take a funky break, and we will be right back and we are back what cultural emergency are you bringing to the er today okay so it's a bit of an emergency it's like a long-winded one because it's a few years in the making but um the hyperpop has got a hyperstop yeah speak on this speak on this so what do you think about the genre writ large? Because this is a word that I feel like has only really surfaced in the past nine months. And to be quite honest, as like, you know, a, a trailblazer in the community, if I'm allowed to say so. You I'm, are. Um, I think the word just like kind of turns me off. And that's like so sad because a lot of my favorite artists and songs and, you know, moments arguably fall under that word. Yeah, I I agree with all that. Like, it is a very reductive word for a very broad spectrum of, let's say, left of center, internet exclusive pop music, basically. So I know, I mean, we were both very early on the PC music bandwagon. And I think that is sort of the genesis of what we now refer to as hyperpop. We were disciples in that. Like we worked at a record label at the time. This wasn't, you know, when we discovered it, but this was mm-hmm. like really when things were kind of taking off with it. Yeah. Like five years or so ago. And, you know, we were like literally educating the children. And by that, I mean, telling everyone else who worked at our internship program who was straight what right. was going on. And now straight people are like fucking obsessed with like A.G. Cook and Charlie and PC. Some of them are straight. Some of the players in this game now yeah well i mean to be fair ag cook is a straight man and he i would not say that he is the don't say that (laughs) well we have to we have to be honest to his truth his truth and experience i actually saw ag cook's girlfriend open for caroline polachek oh my god two years ago uh her name's alaska reed she makes like kind of um it's like shoegazy it's 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 okay it's not the but, you know, it's not the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's not the worst thing I've ever heard. It's it's cool. perfectly cromulent. And, but like, I would not say that A.G. Cook is necessarily like the leading light from that early movement. I think Sophie, obviously, R.I.P. is 
the blueprint. Yeah. Unquestionably. I, mean, I, I don't like, I don't have her tattooed on my body for no reason. Right. I, she was my everything. Um, and truly a lot of my favorite music, musical works are, uh, are touched by her. Yeah. I, last year for work, we did this exercise where we had to choose 10 songs that defined our lives. Um, Cause oh, we were very yeah. bored in quarantine and this was <laughs> just like, it basically like prompt Twitter on the Slack chain and Bip by Sophie was one of my 10. Like that, oh, when yeah. I first heard that song, it was like. Th- that song is a cultural emergency. Oh I, yeah. Like ri- truly ring the alarm. Like it was like the cosmos blew up around me. I had no idea dance music could sound like that. Huge. And a lot of the reason that that song works as well, especially in comparison to a lot of the, um, let's say noisier imitators that have come in the past two years, especially, is that that song is very restrained. Yeah, it's it's like not, there's like a beauty in chaos in, mm-hmm. in the genre. Mm-hmm. And I think some people really just um, edge their artistry on that chaos. Someone, for instance, like Dorian Electra, they really, <laughs> really kind of peter the line for me. And this is someone I've met. I think they're awesome. I think they're very cool. Yep. But sometimes their work can really just become noise. It it it's corny noise sometimes to it's me. Corny like, noise sometimes. It um I guess like hyperpop as a genre started as a very explicitly queer scene. And a lot of the artists who are promoting and promulgating it still are very much queer. Like Dorian Electra. Um, I can't, that's the only one I can think of. Like there are, there are so many, or like that kid, like Aisha Erotica, like, like stuff, people like them. Like they're doing a lot of very cool work, but I do think that a lot of the artists and like a hundred Gex is a queer group, like, and that's sort of, I mean, we can get into them, but I think Gex is the vanguard of this second wave of hyper pop that we are sort of finding ourselves in right now. Yeah. Unfortunately they like mobilize a generation to like get on their literal keyboard and do it too. Yeah. Well, a lot of, so a thousand Gex, the album that came out, two years ago yeah i think is borderline a masterpiece oh yeah i think it's fantastic but it's very different i mean it's very clearly like a pc music inspired work i mean you can see a very direct through line for like from like sophie and umru and easy fun to what gex is doing on that album but they also synthesize a lot of new metal into it yeah and i think it's important to like recognize in it that like they diverged like they it's clearly influenced but to me it was something that like wasn't necessarily done before no there's nothing that sounded like gex prior to gex like yeah it's definitely um like if the original PC music stuff, like especially like the Daniel L. Harley Easy Fun camp of PC music stuff was sort of a refraction of like Britney Spears bubblegum pop and like Y2K aesthetics, like yeah. super saccharine 
music from that period the Gex stuff is very much like it's like cock rock but queered and glitched and just made crazy like but now <laughs> no i do not have a dog that's my my neighbor's dog just is taking umbrage with what i just said about Gex. i guess like they're like a glaive stand ah. <laughs> yeah i i don't know so i mean where so what are your real gripes with what's going on with Hyperpop right now? Um, my real gripes, one of them is definitely the fact that there's a playlist on Apple Music um, that is a curator of Hyperpop, whatnot. It's called Glitch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. You know, I've found some good things from there. But I think one of my biggest gripes right now is the fucking Nate. Can I guess? Yeah, of course you can cuss. You can say fuck, fuck shit dick. You can say whatever. <laughs> it's the fucking names. Yeah. They're ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, people diapered pants. Like, Ugh. these are li- like, this is literally what it sounds like. It is, it is like very like pee pee poo poo. <laughs> like, not good. It's like numbers and like double letters and like just all these internet trends that like, I can't read. I'm I'm feeling illiterate, Drew. It is no, it is it is it is awful. Like I'm looking at the this playlist right now and there are so many double vowels. Everything is capitalized. Nothing nothing has is capitalized. Va- no, nothing is capitalized like upside down vowels, no vowels. I mean, like it is it doesn't make sense. I I no, it doesn't make sense. I get what the impetus is here. Like, they're clearly being like, oh, like, we're gonna make screen names. Like, we're on AIM and my name is, my name is, like, PissPig96. Like, that's my that hyperbolic name. name um, but, but, like, it, um, I mean, so much of this is done by kids who did not actually live in this era. Yeah. They, like, it's, it's a replica, but, it's also just like it doesn't it's I don't know. Am I grandpa on this? Like, does this like not make sense to just people my age? Like, I wanna know. Is are are you listening and are you younger than me? If so, fuck you. Second of all <laughs> Second of all, do you like does this turn you the way it turns me? Do I just have like a hard time? Because I think a lot of really creative artist names came out of, you know this work and now it just feels like a literal game of scrabble tiles on yeah. my kitchen floor i mean to to be fair it is a miracle we've gotten like 10 to 15 minutes into this conversation not up, brought up charlie xcx charlie xcx is like sort of a weird bad name for an artist when you kind of zoom out take off your stand goggles for a minute i don't i they're glued on oh no <laughs> mine are sort of glued on too but like i i my eyebrows are like waxed off i had to take <laughs> them off just to get some perspective here like um do you think this is charlie's fault in a way um a, a, a profound silence has entered the chat <laughs> um <laughs> But that it could be Grimes's fault too. I do think that Charlie's sort of. I do more, think it's, I think it's more Grimes' fault than it is Charlie's fault. 
I, I agree with that because the techno fascist aesthetic of what Grimes is doing is all over like the Ash Nikos, like the Glaives, the like um all those like the Danes, like all those girls, like yeah. are very much in Grimes image. But I do think that Charlie sort of legitimized a lot of the second wave of these hyper pop kids who are like basically just Dylan Brady knockoffs. Yeah, it's that's maybe true and that like hurts to say because you know i mean she's our our number one probably (laughs) yeah i mean we have been in the hole for charlie xcx for almost a decade now like it's it's hard to it's hard to see it wow it's really almost been a decade that's right nuclear seasons came out 10 years ago this year that's insane then it's been a decade yeah he's there for that I I remember seeing it on back when Pitchfork actually did like track reviews and stuff like they dropped that one day and I just clicked on I was like this is a stupid name (laughs) no offense at the time I was like this is a stupid name the song it blew open my mind though that very much was not hyper pop though it's actually still one of my favorite Charlie songs oh me too I think it's in my top five probably yeah and yeah. when she said the other day that her new album that she's recording is True Romance 2.0, I actually mm-hmm. got excited about it. Mm-hmm. Because I was afraid it was going to be a sucker 2.0. <laughs> well, she'd never do that. Well, she right? said it was like, going to be commercial. And like the last time she really tried to be commercial was that. The sucker is um, not for everyone. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Next. we're not talking about that um yeah i think like also she did you know really enable the the kids yeah um and that's not bad i think it's very inspiring that she is an artist who can inspire all all these people like she has a playlist called the motherfucking future where you know she tries to clock it like we do she does but i will say a lot of those artists are like these like ninja rachi and like and like pikachu blue 62 like it's not you know it's not like what we would want to necessarily hear from her yeah but she's also an elder statesman of the scene at this point which is weird to say because i think she is quite literally a year older than i am but is she really that close to our age right i think she's like 28 that's not a year older than my me. Hold on, let me double check that. We're fact checking. That is this not podcast. a year older than me either. I want this podcast to know that I'm not that close to thirty. Well, that's rude to say. You're you're almost. No, you're twenty five. I was gonna say you're almost thirty, which is a bold faced <laughs> lie. I'm not even almost thirty. I'm twenty. I just turned twenty six last week. That's a I, I'm a huge bitch. <laughs> my uh, my other hyper pop project, the like cake pop to my um. My piss pig ninety six or whatever is he huge bitch. I know, but like, like you know, like Gex and Cake Pop are like two sides of the same coin. Like, piss pig ninety six has like a more bright alternative. It's huge, K-pop? huge Dylan bitch ninety two. Yeah, it's Dylan Brady and like his friends from St. Louis. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. So speaking of St. Louis, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is later. Slater. Yeah. Um, so her album dropped last week and it was the subject of two very well-written sort of divergent reviews this week, talking about how she's, the central thesis of which was basically that she is norm, norm core hyperpop. 
Do you agree with that assessment? Yes. Okay. I think that's a pretty fair assessment too, but it is a thought-provoking take. I don't think that's like bad, but I think that's like a pretty good roundup. I think that the scene has gotten so glitchy and noisy that normcore honestly seems a little refreshing. It's nice to see someone who's actually like I I just listened to the album yesterday in preparation for this. I do like that half of it is sort of very explicitly like PC music-esque first wave hyperpop like troubled paradise in clouds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you have the more like second wave rock inspired stuff like over this which i think is like one of the best songs she's ever done yeah over this is fantastic no it's true there it's very it's very it's very split in that way to where half of it is very you know more like 100 gex to be reductive mm-hmm. and the other half is more like OG PC music, you know, yeah. like Danielle Harl and Easy Fun and like the fun, bright, bubbly sprite of it all. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that's just, it is, it feels retro, which is really crazy to think about considering the height of that sound was only five or six years ago. But the internet in this genre has just progressed and moved so quickly that yeah. this stylistic shift. I mean, it just turned on a dime. But I do think that the album is a little fillery. And I mean, she released half of the songs over a nine month period. I think also like she released a lot of, you know, the killer. Mm -hmm. And you can't, I know that's like an increasingly popular strategy for, for many artists, not just like more indie artists like Slater, but like, I don't think it like serves the work super well. Though maybe- I would love to like have a moment where again it was fun because we got the promo, we got the video, but like I would have loved to like been listening to the album and heard clouds for the first time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do. Fantastic. Hyperpop as a genre might not be super well served by the album format, especially this like new wave of it, like call me sacrilegious and I do enjoy both of these albums but like to go back to Charlie for a second Mm -hmm. how I'm feeling now and Charlie the self-titled album are not my favorite Charlie albums well I think that's also because there was a big movement Slater's guilty of this too of throwing out a body of work Mm -hmm. mixtape yeah which is also very big in this community. Yeah. Um, which I also don't have a problem with. I think it makes it more informal and more like, I mean, my favorite Charlie work were both claimed mixtapes by her. Right. You know, number one, Angel Pop 2. Those were both mixtapes. Those are not formal albums in her, you know, discography right. to her. Um, and Slater did that too. So like, this is, this is being claimed as, you know, her debut album, which I'm all here for. I'll like, I'll say it too. More stream. Yeah. Yeah. But like, is that true? You know? No, it, it definitely isn't. And, and I mean, that's sort of been the thing. about an album because it sure felt like it. Right, right, right. And to be fair, that's sort of a, a thing about the mixtape in general, like all of the great rap mixtapes from 
the early 2000s, mid 2000s into like the late pitchfork era of the top of the decade, they all felt like fully realized bodies of work. It was just the way they were released that felt underground. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's now archaic. Like it, since streaming no, no. has just made everything so easy to listen to, like it's not like you're going on to that piff anymore. And I mean, we just like we just saw Nikki release Me Up Scotty, which for a really long time was only available if Very you downloaded cool. like a specific link, you know? Yeah. yeah. So no, it's true. And I I think it like alleviates the pressure on the artist, which I respect because I think that's when you get some of their best work. Yeah. Is not make it like, you know, a charting album where like the stakes feel high and like they're worried about like nominations and like critics and, you know, the bullshit of the music industry. No, it's it's just like it's an aesthetic signifier at the end of the day. Like calling it a mixtape is very like it's an easy shortcut to like Y2K credibility, let's say, because it's such like an old it's old school. It's an old school format. And like yeah. it's a it's also a cop out if like a project isn't super well received. Like you can do something more experimental and call it say it's like, oh, it's a mixtape. I'm just fucking around on this. I'm workshopping it. Yeah. Know? my new sound which is like i mean if you you know listening to like number one angel and pop two like those are very very experimental works and like very divergent from what charlie was doing on her prior to studio albums totally so you can kind of see it as a testing ground for the sound that she's basically fully leaned into in the years since but i I don't know. I do think like because of how second wave, like how I'm feeling now and Charlie are, it, it is a little repetitive at points, especially how I'm feeling now, I think is a very like the abrasion of the production gets a little old. Yeah. After 10 tracks. I do think Charlie is, is a wonderful album. I think how, how I'm feeling now is also wonderful and cohesive, mm-hmm. but I think like Charlie is extremely impactful. The the clearance she has, the international implications she has. Like, Like she she has Sky Ferreira's number. That's saying something. Not all of us can say that. We can sure not all say that. (laughs) No, I... I I only have one Charlie collaborator's number in my phone, and I'm not going to say who it is on air, but you can DM me and I will tell you. Wait, mouth it. Wait, one more time. I'm at- <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Delicious little treat. Um, <laughs> is that too much of a hint? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I'll cut this <laughs> Keep it in, keep it in. Now, um, if, you had to pick, if you had to pick a favorite song from the hyper-pop scene, we'll take Charlie out of it because that might be too easy. What What is your favorite? Oh, I mean... That's really hard too because like I would probably say like a Sophie song, but then I'm like Sophie's not hyper pop. Like Sophie was above that word. Yeah, and I hate that. That's like where I'm, where my headspace is with yeah. It, you know? Um, I think there's, you know, a lot, a lot of good stuff. Who's that? I sent you a song, and you loved it. Yes. Who's um, who's that girl? Roma? Who's that Roma chick? Something? 
Wait, what's her name? Oh, Ro- Ro- yes, Ro- the, that um, oh fuck, for the night by H M. Dot Wade. Yeah, and Rome yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that is one of my favorite pop songs in recent memory. And that's the other thing with this is like I feel like because all these names are like things that I could not possibly remember unless I had flashcards. Like I'm yeah. not giving these artists the like, you know, the rent space in my head. No, this isn't fucking AP hyper pop. Like I don't, <laughs> we don't have the bandwidth to do that like but i'm so good at like you know remembering artists i'm interested in like people i feel like might be coming up and it makes it extremely difficult that's very true like one of the things i mean you're a dear friend but one of the things that i really love about you the most is that you have a truly encyclopedic knowledge of pop music and the fact that we are in we're in this like era and like submersion in this genre that makes it almost impossible to remember who anyone is and what their songs are called is fucking crazy to me and is very antithetical to like everything that we've been led to believe in anything we've learned it it, yeah it also goes against our talents you know we remember music we remember artists we remember names even yeah like in none of these people, I mean, they make it very hard to like find their stuff in the first place, but none of them have like defined personalities or images or branding outside of just what is like, you know, the songs that they're uploading and the like the, all the aesthetic signifiers they're using are just identical from everyone else. Like if I have to see one more like slime green album oh cover with like little spikes in it, I am going <laughs> to hijack a train. Like it's not... Yeah, it's not it goes fun. beyond the music. It's like, it's like the the like Chrome effect text, and like it's like it has. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's it's an easy way to do it that just makes you like identical from the mold. Like that's why. Like if I had to pick a favorite hyper pop song, and this is kind of an obvious one, I think I would do Money Machine by. 100 gex just because i think that is such a perfect summation of what the scene like could be in a perfect world and like when i first heard that song it was very similar to bip in that it really just like blew my mind open i was like whoa this is like it's all these things that are like in such poor taste combined into something very transcendent hold on i do have a question shoot so what about the songs that you know are before hyperpop but are that because like one by sky ferreira is excellence it's excellence but like that wasn't wasn't going for that that wasn't like sorry to keep talking about you sky we really miss you can you come back come back sky come on pod and talk about your um please we didn't mean it you're like the year abroad she did like some missionary trips (laughs) but you know there's that and like i'm gonna throw out a name that like if y'all if y'all are listening and you don't know this name stop stop this right now whatever we're about to say is not nearly as important as you know the work of this artist um, but do pick up the podcast after you listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but please continue. Go listen to Nadia O. Say that. Say that. Nadia go O. Like, wow. Go all Nadia O's first album produced by Space Cowboy, featuring the singles "Hot Like Wow," "Egyptian Lover," 
rip it up, something for the weekend. Fucking talent. Amazing album. Not for everyone ahead of its time, but like beyond. Beyond. Truly, like it is like like the word before the girls were eating. She she created a whole new flavor. The sixth flavor, umami who? <laughs> Nadia O is the sixth flavor. Umami. <laughs> no, I mean, like the word fembot is so overused right now, but she really was That's doing like amazing. actual fembot in a way that it was like, oh my God, like a real robot is like actually singing this. Yeah. And that's another one, you know, like Robin did body talk before Hyperpop was even a a glimmer in someone's eye. Yeah. Yeah. I, how do we justify that and like, you know, keep it, keep it sanctity from, from the, the genre because, you know, I, I just think it's beyond that, but like, it is that. It is that. No, it definitely is that. Like, I think a lot of it is people are just taking like the rock aspect of this second wave, like the Gexy new metal, like pop punk elements. And that is sort of the be all end all now. And I'm like, well, there are such interesting things that were being done like five to, I mean, in Nadia Oske, it's almost 15 years ago that are so revolutionary yeah it's so different and still sounds so futuristic even today even today that you could be doing like why are you doing this like hyper pop vein that is so explicitly exhausted exhausted and referential like was gaga say afraid to reference and or not reference (laughs) they're afraid to not reference and to be and like maybe this is just me you know, on my high horse, but like, do they even know? No. But they don't know? The amount of people I have introduced Nadia O to over the past three years, especially, is just astronomical. Like, she is a curio in pop music history, in that, like, I believe that she deserves to be treated like Definitely. an Uffy or. I mean, honestly, like a Robin, like, I mean, Robin is probably a more consistent artist in a lot of ways, but like that first Nadia O album is such a, it is, it is that good. It it is like an encyclopedia for what this sort of like hyper rushed sugar pop could be and should be. So at the end of the day, I, I do think like the solution is like, the girlies should do some research. Mama, let's research. Mama, let's research. <laughs> not her in this chat. Not her. We're not going to say her name. The, the Voldemort her. of... Uh, if y'all are interested, you can look it up. <laughs> yeah. Research yourself, mamas. Um, okay. Well, after all that, I think it's time for our final segment. We're going to play Tear the Community Ooh. Apart. From the ground up from the ground up like damn Rumpelstiltskin. Um, The rules of this game are pretty simple. I've picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. Oh, easy. It is easy. And I think actually today, this is a pretty easy one, but I- Some of y'all might be mad, but- Some of y'all might be mad, but with you as a guest, this was only gonna go down in one way. So- These two songs are from late 2011, early 2012. They are 
true alt gay classics, like 15 out of 10 songs. And the two artists just so happen to be mortal nemeses. Yes. <laughs> so which song is, I, I think there's a clear answer to this. So apologies in advance for giving you a softball, but there's a larger conversation to be had here. Okay. Which song is better? Oblivion by Grimes or 212 by Azalea Banks? Um, I just, I mean, I've always in my head kept the rule that 212 is one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. Yep. Correct? Correct. That's a correct. I have been, I'm on record on this podcast. This is so fun. I want this to last for an hour. I well, you, I hope you came with a list. <laughs> I could, I could, like, this is the, what, 13th time I've done this segment, and I think this is the easiest choice ever. I have been on record on this pod as saying that 212, I believe, is the best song of the last decade. Yeah. But Oblivion is, Oblivion is really good. Like, Oblivion really excellent. Really and Where, I'm, not, I'm not here to take anything away from her, but, you know. I mean, she's taking stuff away from us with her, like, techno-fascist empress vibe these days. Like, she's, like, building the hyperloop and cutting down our palm trees and stuff. Bitch, she's going to the moon. Bitch, she is the moon. <laughs> she is She is the sun and the moon. Like, where, where do you stand with her in general? Because I love her music a lot. I did not love Misanthropocene that much, but, like, her... um visions and art angels i think are two impeccable albums i agree that i go back to often yeah um where do i stand with her i don't know grimes can you give me a call we can figure it out because I, well, I her secretary brooke candy will be reaching out to you um oh that's crazy she's tattooing my ankle right now oh my god what what is it does it say does it say fag mob <laughs> she's doing it in like with like a <laughs> beep that one out we can't we can't it's history we can't bleep it out you can't erase ah, history. That's history it is it is history um oh my god I, have, like, I don't know where i stand because she truly is married to one of the most in stuff are they married i don't know uh, i don't think they're actually legally married she is partnered with one of the most insufferable men in history like literal yeah. history um, it's, no, it's, I'm not excusing that. Now, can I like be a little jealous of her for marrying or for like finding that kind of money? She has secured a bag in a way that I could not have predicted 10 a years bag ago. Is a bag. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's even, I don't think that's true. Is it, no, <laughs> There's no ethical bag securing in capitalism. No, absolutely. I could never, I could never, you know, live with myself with a bag like that. But. I, he also just has such um I mean he has like a fuck ton of kids too like there's like a mm, I, not to take this to the place of SVU but there's an SVU episode where John Stamos plays a guy who like gets a lot of women pregnant intentionally because he's like fixated on spreading his genes or whatever oh whoa and allegedly sometimes I get that vibe from I don't think that's Mr. Grimes. But we're also like not letting him take over, you know, our voice here. So 
I just don't want to get sued. Like, Brooke Candy's going to show up my door with an affidavit. Like, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, we're done with that. But, so, but two hard, on two. I have a hard time with her and the answer is two on two. Yeah. Where do you, and Azalea, I mean, the official party line of Crisis Twink is that when Azalea Banks is right, she's extremely right. And when she's wrong, she is catastrophically wrong, wronger than anyone's ever been wrong. Do yeah, you agree with that? Ultimately, um, I'm rooting for her. I think I do root for her too. Um, I did like last week, she was beefing with the, the nation of Sweden. Um, but then issued a rare apology that I have a screenshot of. I think she took it down eventually, but she said, I apologize for what I said about Sweden. Wow. <laughs> right? That's a rare... I don't, I don't remember what exactly. I love that she took it down. Right? You know what? No, no, like, I I really cannot think of another time she's genuinely apologized for something. So I was really surprised. And then when it was down, because I, like, I got a screenshot and realized I only got, like, two thirds of the screen. So I went back to try to find it and try to get more context, because I didn't see what she said about Sweden in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I... I couldn't find it. So I was like, God, she really, she stands by her words after all, which I think is beautiful. I do think that's beautiful, especially in today's culture. Say what you say and mean it. No, I I think um, people apologize too much. I mean, (laughs) well, that's a weird thing to say about Azalea Banks of all people. Like Azalea Banks has said some of the most reprehensible shit I have ever seen. People apologize too much. No, I, I do. I think we're, not to like take this to a place of pathology, but I do think we're in such like a humility culture right now where people are afraid to take pride in their accomplishments or like say that like stuff is going well for them right now. Yeah. And I do realize that that's exacerbated by us being in a global Panda Express where we can't like a lot of people had very bad years. Yeah. And it feels weird to be like, oh, like I actually like, there were things that happened this year that like actually worked out pretty well for me. Like I get that. I get that no one wants to like step on people's toes, but at the same time, like if you got a horn to toot, toot your damn horn, you know, I agree. no one else is going to do it. No one else is going to do it. And I mean, like, I, I am very guilty of tooting my own horn. I'm like that, uh, you know, that song by Kung's versus cooking on three burners, uh, that girl that's like, those are my horns that I'm too emergency in its own. Me doing that or the song itself? Yes. Okay. No, that's, I'm tooting that all the time. But, and like, I think Azalea is like a horn tutor extraordinaire. I just think that she like toots her horn in other people's ears and gives them like tinnitus and stuff. Which is rude. At the same time, she's still right. (laughs) She's still right, except when she's wrong. Except when she's wrong. When she's wrong, she's very wrong. But I think she's usually always right. She's never put out a bad song. Yeah. Except, except Nude Beach A Go Go. (laughs) I think there's a time and place. And what is that? Storming the Capitol (laughs) with Ariel Pink? Is that the time and place? What's the next pair of songs? <laughs> well, do you, wait, do you want me to give you one more, like a past one? Oh, because usually there... we just do the one. Oh, yeah. I need at least, at least I need at least one more. 
Okay, I'm gonna give you one more. Let's take it back. You know what? We're gonna take it back to the very beginning, the first episode of this podcast. Okay. These two are 2020 disco hits from two of the brightest new music stars of last year. All right. Which song is better? Say So by Doja Cat or Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa? Ooh. Um, well, I have a really hard time picking Dr. Luke on that one, so I'm going to yeah. have to go with Miss, Miss Dua. So that is the exact Dua Peep wins. That Dua Peep also won in the first episode. First guest, Aditya Joshi, also picked Dua Lipa for the Dr. Luke reason, basically. And he also, as a straight man, thought that Dua is very hot. She is very hot. And this is very hot, too. I'm not just picking it because it's not Dr. Luke produced. I think it has its own chance of winning this argument. Um, I agree with that. I don't think Say So is Doja Cat's best song at all. Like, I think it's funny to me that it became the hit. Um... Because Hot Pink is a really good album in general. Like, I mean, Cyber Sex, Juicy. Yeah, Hot Pink is fantastic. Yeah, really, really but well done. Dr. Luke is a rapist. I we should say that. I mean, allegedly, allegedly a rapist. But I, yeah, he, uh, they, that team of writers and producers on that album did a very good job with it. Um, I, do you like Kiss Me More? I do like Kiss Me More. Yeah. I like it too. I like the music video a lot. I think that guy is, I want to smooch. I think she's got a good handle on like this like fun, lighthearted, like R&B vibes. Yeah. Which is cool. And like always works in the summer. It, yeah, it's, it's really summery, but it also doesn't sound like anything else that's on the radio right now either. Like, and talk about a true triple threat like every doja live performance i've seen it at an award show or something in the past year has been tremendous like for to dance sing and rap live that well it's She's a performer. i think she like i remember a few years ago when everyone was talking about like how cardi was like the next successor to, to nikki mm-hmm. and i think cardi cardi has achieved in a tremendous amount of success in her own right. Yes. I do think that the true successor to the Nikki crown in a way, I think that it will un- ultimately come down to either Doja or Megan Thee Stallion. I just like have to say it's Megan, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think, I mean, Thatchett, which just dropped at the time of recording this past Friday, I think is Megan's oh, best song since God. Big Ol' Freak. Oh my God, it's so good. And I mean, you're you're listening, readers, to two people who went to Megan's Miss Cognac. Oh wait, no, what's it called? I always call it Miss Cognac. What was it actually called? What was it called? It was called Cognac Queen. It was called the I, Cognac Queen. Yeah, yeah, I just looked at my sash over here. Um, was which the funniest thing I've ever attended. Absolutely, so funny. We saw. Um, I hope she's listening to this. Rio from Cycle Twenty Four of America's Next Top Model: I The Lost Cycle. Rio, if you are, please come on. We love talking to you. You were so nice to us for absolutely no reason. She was so nice to us for no reason. I remember you went up to her and you were like, are you Rio? And she was like, she just smiled at you and said, 
Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Beautiful, beautiful woman, stunning, gorgeous woman. And that was so much fun. That was back when she was like driving the boat. Megan was driving the boat. Oh, Megan. Yeah. To everyone in the crowd. And yeah. also should be said that we got free drinks the whole time we were there. We did. It was cognac to be sure, which is a, um, a tough sell, but I mean, they don't call it the cognac. I bought it just for nothing. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm someone who prefers a tall glass of lemonade in the summer. <laughs> lemonade. Le- 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 lemonade. This was so fun. Where can people find you on social media? Because you actually have a lot to promote. Oh, thank you. Uh, you can't find me. I'm hiding currently. Oh. No, that's not true, actually. Please find me on Instagram. It's uh, for the boys world because that's been taking over, babe. And this world the, you know a world maybe this yeah world. well you gotta you got i mean nasa is about to publish their like parallel dimension study so we do have to there's clarify always, for the confused terrified listeners which there's always xcx world as well oh yeah that's where i'm i'm not like taking over there but like vacationing for sure i'm vacationing like i definitely am like popping through i'm like hey how y'all doing <laughs> um hey boo <laughs> hey um and wait where am i where am i on twitter i'm at twitter on at, at fka pigs with a z twitter? i don't know my handle's the same everywhere just find me yeah see that's you're good because like you can actually do lateral branding like i was so slow to get even on twitter in the first place that drew Haskins with two z's was already taken so that's i'm right right so stupid. Um, but I'm at FK Pigs with a Z. And then on Instagram, you can find me at Drew Haskins with two Zs. And of course, subscribe to culturepig.substack.com for free weekly cultural musings. Really and really good playlists. And very good playlists. Um have songs that I send through. So at the if the you're listening to this, this episode I think is gonna be out on June 30th. I am dropping a mega mix this week. So stick around for Friday and you are going to hear something that is totally out of this damn XEX world. Oh, um thanks for getting me in on Pride Month, too. I know, right? Literally, like I could not be more proud to have you on. I <laughs> just you are such a tremendous talent <laughs> and so funny. And so sweet. And I'm so happy that you were here to just kiki with me. I love you so much. I love you too. And right hand man arm. Arm. (laughs) Wait, is that what she said? What she my right hand arm. Man. Man. (laughs) And of course, we were talking about the legendary V (laughs) Stiviano. Visor Queen. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye, silly rabbits. Bye, silly rabbits.